1: Welcome back. Today's show is all about the power of asking good questions. Heather, would you
0: give us an overview of our discussion today? Absolutely. Our last episode focused on the roles of a coach. And honestly, the art of asking questions is right up there at the top of my list of necessary and impactful coaching skills. In fact, it's what I have built my coaching philosophy around. I ask a lot of questions, and I'm not afraid to ask really tough questions. Not surprisingly, I am going to start this conversation by asking all of our listeners a question. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at asking questions, and what is behind your rating? Think about that for a minute. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at asking questions, and what is behind your rating? My guess is this question made some of you pause. Maybe even think, gosh, I've never thought about that before. That, my friends, is the power of asking questions. They make you think about things that you have never thought about. I read a quote that says, the art and science of asking questions is the source of all knowledge. Think about that. If you truly want your clients or your reps to learn, you need to be asking more questions. Oftentimes as coaches, we think we need to have all of the answers. But by asking questions, you're going to learn the answers and so are they. So that is what we are going to be discussing today. And let's kick that off with a question. What's so important about asking questions? You know, Sabina, there is tremendous power in a great question. Questions can change lives. And I mean that. Think about taking a fact finder once. Think about the knowledge gained by just taking someone through that list of questions. Those questions can change perspective. They can empower or they can just be a call to action. So here are a few benefits to asking questions. Number one, we gain conviction around what we hear ourselves say out loud. It creates buy-in. So for example, you could tell a rep that they need to make 40 dials, or you can ask, what is the successful number of dials each day? Or how many dials do our most successful reps make on a daily basis? You're going to get much more belief and buy-in by asking them to tell you the answer. All right, number two, questions build rapport with your client. It's how you get to know someone and how you build trust. And obviously, trust is such a critical factor in a coaching relationship. I like to operate under the premise that the client always has the answer. No one knows you better than you. So why wouldn't we ask the rep questions in order to get to know them better? And 80% of the time, the rep usually has the answer anyway. It typically tends to be more of a confidence issue or something else that is keeping them from sharing that information with you. Number three, it engages in two-way communication. The alternative of two-way communication is you lecturing at them. No one wants to be lectured, right? The goal is at least 50-50 ownership of the meeting. So get them talking and use questions to dig deeper, to clarify and to get to the real issues. And then number four, great questions can jumpstart creativity for new, different and creative solutions. So my example with this one, I absolutely love. I was talking to an FR about ideas for creating more energy around phoning and making dials and I could have simply just told the rep if you would stand up while phoning you probably would have more energy but I didn't I said what would give you more energy while you're doing your phoning or what would get you excited about phoning and he actually said you know what I'm gonna run out to the garage and I'm gonna do a pull-up in between every dial and he started doing that and it made it fun for him and it made it exciting and it got him up and moving So that's a great example of the difference you're going to get between just telling somebody what you think you know, right, or what might be a great idea and asking them what might work for them.
1: That's all such great stuff, Heather. So Heather, you've done a lot of research on asking questions.
0: What are some guidelines
1: for asking thoughtful and deep questions?
0: Yeah, my very favorite suggestion or guideline is if you feel it, ask it. Like there is a reason you have that feeling in your gut and you need to listen to it. Don't blow over it. Don't chicken out because it's a hard question for them to answer and you don't want to make them feel comfortable or even worse yet, right? Make yourself feel uncomfortable. It's your job to ask the tough questions and in the end, you'll both be glad you did it. So if you feel it, ask it. That's my most important one. Number two, gain permission to ask questions. Asking for permission makes them listen up. And it also softens it a little bit. So it's respectful and no one ever says no. I mean, Sabina, have you ever had somebody say, Sabina, could I ask you a question? And you've responded with, no, you can't ask me a question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't because my curiosity wants to know what they're going to ask.
0: Exactly, that's just it. So it creates curiosity and makes them listen up. And gaining permission might sound something like this. It could be as simple as, can I ask you a question about that? Or it could be, hmm, can we dig into that a little? And of course, they're going to say yes, right? Because their curiosity is up and they want to learn more. And it opens the door to you asking some of those difficult questions. Third pointer would be, and Sabina, you will chuckle at this because I know we've had some good laughs about this, is (laughs) to ask one question at a time or aka otherwise known as avoid rambling questions. So they sound something like this. What prevented you from asking in that meeting? Was there a reason you didn't ask? Did you just run out of time or... So if you notice, I asked you three questions in a row. And what I should have done rather than firing off three questions was paused and prioritized and just asked one question. So rambling questions can be easy to do when you're dealing with excuses that you've heard before. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. And you think you know the answer to it or you just have so many great questions that you want to ask, they kind of come spilling out. So think about what you really want to ask and prioritize and ask that one question. So awareness is key. I bet some of you may catch yourself doing this now that we have pointed it out.
1: I think it's especially important when you're dealing with people who are more introverted because they tend to want to think about things for a few seconds before the next question comes up. And I think sometimes we do that because we're uncomfortable with the silence that occurs between questions if we let
0: it linger. So true, absolutely. Okay, next one is ask hard questions in a soft way. And some of you might say, well, how the heck do you do that? What does that sound like? And it can be difficult. There is an art to asking hard questions in a soft way. We mentioned this in our first episode. If you haven't read Radical Candor yet, do it. It's an excellent book. Radical Candor is where you challenge directly and you care personally at the same time. And again, a lot of it comes down to relationship. If you have a good relationship, you can ask harder questions, right? There's gonna be a little bit more forgiveness in there because of the relationship. Asking hard questions is the same. When you ask in a caring way and you do it directly, the FR knows that you're asking from a place of caring and concern, not from a place of judgment and shame. And then my last pointer, and this one I think creates a lot of awareness for people too, typically when they go through our clients, you can see the light bulb moments that our attendees are having is ask how and what questions versus why questions. So for example, listen to the difference in these two questions. Sabina, why didn't you pick up the phone yesterday? Versus, Sabina, what kept you from dialing yesterday? Or here's another example. Sabina, why didn't you prospect in either of your meetings yesterday? Versus, how did prospecting go in your meetings yesterday? If you notice, why immediately places a judgmental tone on the question and it can cause the FR to shut down, right? It sounds much more negative and less productive than starting a question with how or what.
1: Yep, that's such good information and it can really change the direction of any good coaching meeting. So the great thing about getting good at asking questions is also that you are modeling behavior that your reps can take to the marketplace. You can coach them around asking open-ended questions to their prospects and clients that will enhance their meetings. So for example, let's look at some questions that you can ask a rep to get them thinking about their sense of purpose and their demeanor in client meetings. When, for an example, an approach doesn't turn into a fact finder, and you may often see this happening early in someone's career, and this starts to become a routine occurrence, A good question to ask the rep is this, what do you think your prospect might be thinking if you spend the first meeting just engaging in friendly chit-chat and don't get down to business and start the fact finder? It's tempting to simply lecture them and explain to them why they should be more purposeful in the approach, but this question really gets them thinking about the meeting from the other person's perspective. Whenever I've asked this question, a part of the response is usually, oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. I mean, there's a reason you don't get an activity point for an approach, right? (laughs) That's true. So another scenario where you can coach reps to ask open-ended questions is a big one. It's getting the affirmative before prospecting, usually in the fact finder for the first time. A lot of reps will simply ask, did you find value in our meeting? And guess what? Most people, because they're polite, will say yes. And then the rep just goes right into prospecting. A better way to ask it is, Tell me, Heather, from your perspective, what did you find most valuable in our time together today? There's a twofold benefit to the answer. When the prospect or client answers that question, the rep gets an idea of the prospect's priorities and what's most valuable to them. And the rep gains conviction around the value of a fact finder because if they ask that question every time they do a fact finder, they're hearing four, five, six times a week what was valuable about the fact finder. You always wanna try to avoid straight yes, no questions when you're trying to open people up because if yes is an end unto itself and so is no. Now, I wanna share with you a question that I think is a really powerful question and Heather and I are gonna role play this in just a minute. A great follow-up question to anything that an FR or a prospect or client might say is, what's important about that to you? Now notice it's a what question and not a why question. You can ask this two or three times during the course of a conversation to get behind what the initial answer is to go a little bit deeper. So Heather, let's role play this out for a second. Tell me something that's important to you and then we'll show you how it works.
0: Something that's important to me. That's
1: important to you as a person.
0: Yeah, I would say making sure I'm spending enough time with my family, quality time with my family. Okay, So
1: Heather, what's important about spending quality time with your family to you?
0: Well, they are going to grow up quickly, right? I feel like I only have a certain amount of time, really, that I have to work with until they're all grown and out of the house. Mm -hmm. And what's important about using that time before they're out of the house to you? I want to be able to be present in the moment and really, truly experience all of who they are as a person. I mean, what makes them tick? What makes them happy? I want to be there for those experiences and just be a part of all of that. Great. Thanks for sharing.
1: So you see how we took in just asking that question three different times using whatever Heather said as the what's important about that, that we went from Heather just saying she wanted to spend more time with her family to getting to the value behind that of she wants to be present with them. She wants to really know them and truly experience that growing up time. So it's just a great question to ask multiple times through a conversation to really get to know somebody.
0: And I love Sabina, the fact that we started this conversation, right? Talking about the importance of asking questions as a coach, but then you used some great examples or shared some great examples of how to demonstrate how they can use questions to ask as an FR to their clients, right? So by being a good coach and using questions as a coach, you're demonstrating to them, how to do the same thing as an FR. So absolutely love that. Okay, now it is time for our Say That Again segment. Say Say that that again. again. Today's topic will be turning lecturing statements into coaching questions. So I'm going to give a statement that an activity coach might say in a meeting, and I'm going to ask Sabina for some options on turning that statement into a question. You ready, Sabina? I'm ready. Okay, so here's the first one. You need to ask for prospects at every appointment. How would you turn that into a great coaching question, Sabina? Okay, I have a couple of examples.
1: What's keeping you from asking for prospects every time? How does it impact your client or prospect if you don't ask every time? Where would it lead you if asking every time became a habit for you?
0: Such a difference in terms of responses, right? I mean, if I just said you need to ask for prospects at every appointment, the reps can go, uh uh-huh, yep, heard you say that a hundred times, got it. And yep. then you're left, right, with nothing else to talk about. Exactly. But when you <laughs> ask those great questions, it just leaves so much more room for discussion and ideas and creativity. So here's another one for you. Sabina, if you made your dials every day, you'd have a full calendar. Hmm. What's something you could
1: do daily to help fill your calendar? What are some other ways besides phoning that would help you fill your calendar? And what percentage of the time do you schedule the next appointment when you're face-to-face with a prospect or client?
0: I love it. Another set of great examples. Let's try one more. You need to be on time for our meetings. How would you turn those into questions?
1: Heather, are you typically late to your professional or personal appointments? What do you suppose people think about you when you're late to a meeting? How do you feel when a prospect or client is late to a meeting with you?
0: Those are so good. And one of my favorites is, what do your clients say when you're late to your meetings with them? <laughs> and Of course, what do yeah. they say? Oh, I'm not late for meetings to my clients. And then you're like, really?
1: Exactly. It's very revealing.
0: Yes, <laughs> it is very revealing. So just great, great examples. Really good open-ended questions, questions that start with how and what. I love that. Thank you. So in wrapping up this episode, Sabina and I have a couple questions for you. Number one, what will you do with all of this awesome information? And number two, how will you implement this in your very next meeting? All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and
1: Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app.
0: And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again
1: for listening. Keep learning and growing.